On today's episode of the 476ers podcast, we have a guest. Uh, it is Vic. We'll be breaking down the top 10 NBA players under 30, specifically under 30. So enjoy it and let's take it away. Justice for the blind, just something that'll find in the rhymes that are coming from my mind. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. It is Friday, April the 10th. This is the 476ers podcast, episode 28, and we have a guest. Uh, we have Victor on the line. Victor, say hello. Victor is going to help me break down the top 10 NBA players today under 30, which is a curveball I threw at him uh, literally this morning, and I know he appreciated it. Yeah, it was great. All my research yesterday down the drain. <laughs> it's not that much research down the drain. You'll still keep some of it. Uh, and on the on the on my side, uh, I am so disorganized right now. Uh, but basically, basketball reference is being an asshole towards me. I exported a spreadsheet that did not include, spoiler alert, Ben Simmons. Um, for some reason, just didn't have Ben in it. So I, I've said fuck it, and now I'm just kind of shooting off the hip here a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I just read a couple articles like an hour ago. I just compiled a list. I will say, though, I think we should do this again, but... The caveat should be under twenty five. We we can, and I think that'll be the next uh, the next conversation we have will probably be under twenty five. Um, I, I just a lot of names for a lot sure. Of names that I end up leaving off. Yep, yep. No, I agree, but 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 I think that's what makes this a compelling conversation. Um, yeah. Before we before we go forward, though, you did ask me a second ago if if I thought. <laughs> If I thought last night, if you haven't been paying attention, uh, they have been doing an NBA 2K tournament. And I would just like to point out that I would trash every one of these. I've, I've watched a few of these and I would trash all of them. Um, there were points last night where Patrick, Patrick Beverly was bringing the ball up without Horford. And it was all very, very confusing. <laughs> but you asked me if I thought Patrick Beverly picked the Sixers to get into Drummond's head. And I 100% think he did. Uh, Andre, even I mean, Andre said, "Oh, you're picking the Sixers," and Beverly said, "Yeah," or something like that. And Drummond was like, uh, "Interesting." And he was immediately the first play of the game. I don't know if you peeped. He immediately tries to score on Joel with Brook Lopez, and I knew that it was not going to go well for Drummond after that, pretty much. Yeah, nah. And then he was actually up ten in the first quarter, which is fucking hard to do in two K to go up ten. Uh, and then Patrick and. Typical Patrick fashion, uh, just clamps down on defense, like locks up the Bucks, uh, but 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 cannot completely capitalize because he again just like Patrick Beverly is uh, his offense is sucks, uh, and <laughs> uh, yeah, so so just takes really terrible a few terrible shots, but then you know finally starts kind of. Uh, just like gets locked in or whatever and ends up winning, beating Drummond. But I would trash these dudes. I, I, they are not good at 2K specifically. I, they they don't make a lot of good basketball decisions in 2K, honestly. Um, And, and yeah, I don't know. I, I almost wish I would stream some of my games with, with the homie TJ because those games are far more competitive and angrier. I've almost, We've almost lost friendships over them, uh, which is not really hard to believe if you know me. <laughs> I'm going to say 
if, month, there's nothing like Brian is willing to lose friendships over games pretty much since I was born. Uno, <laughs> Uno, like I have PTSD from Uno, and, uh, and like if you ever see somebody ask me if I, you'll notice this, you'll know this from now on. If you ever see somebody ask, do you want to play Monopoly? You'll see a dark cloud come over my head. I, I just, I just won't do it. I just won't do it anymore. So, Monopoly, um, Yeah, it, 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 it's great, but it gets me very angry. I get very, very angry at Monopoly. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, Cash flow is a better, a better version of that game. Uh, I, I'm not mad at that. I'm not. There's a lot of better versions of Monopoly. I also get that angry at Parcheesi. My son Lucas beat me at Parcheesi a couple <laughs> weeks ago. And I was getting fucking angry. I almost punished him. Yeah, I almost punished him. <laughs> I had to keep. I had to keep my head on a swivel. You know, I had to keep a level head. Anyway, with that said, uh, let us jump into this list. I, I think. I, I don't know if we're gonna really disagree off the bat, but it'll be interesting to yeah. see exactly where we, where we stand. Um, in the on the list, especially towards the back half. Uh, who who do you have at number one? Best player in the league under thirty right now. I, I I would assume that our top three players are the same, mm-hmm. but I don't know if they're going to be in the same order. So I am I am Kawhi one. Yep, same here. I have Kawhi here one. Uh, who do you have two? Giannis. Yep. Who do you have three? Luca. Okay. All right. So 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 right off the bat, I made my first mistake. I, I you know I I for some reason thought Harden was right under thirty, but he's not. Um, right. which is fine. So I have Kawhi and Giannis one and two. Uh, uh-huh. let, let's talk about that first. I think that that is probably the most important conversation to have right now. I think people are going to be maybe confused about it. Like your average NBA fan might be a little bit confused. Um, uh-huh. but for me, it's pretty simple. And even it's almost a modicum. Last night's NBA that that 2K game is almost a modicum of why I have Giannis at two, it's because we still haven't seen a, a consistent offense, uh, like a consistent offensive thing for him to go to when the shit slows down. When it gets when it gets slowed down, mm-hmm. what is the move? What's the move? You know what I mean? Right. I think even in the All Star game was telling seeing them go to to Joel down the stretch when Giannis is supposed to be the best player in the world. And listen, Giannis is having a fucking Shaq like season. The numbers yeah. are. Like out of this world, but I know that in the playoffs, when it gets tight, Kawhi has like four or five go-to moves that are guaranteed buckets, um, and that's yeah, that's kind of where I stand. And defensively, it it's kind of a wash almost. I mean, Giannis is way more of a rim, rim protector, but still, yeah, he is. Um, I think everything else is really, really neck and neck. Um, Giannis is around the rim a lot more, so he's going to average more rebounds. But it's specifically the jump shot, or it's a jump shot, but it's specifically the, the pull-up jumper, mm-hmm. where Kawhi has that Jordan-esque mm. fade away in the lane. Now, he doesn't post like Jordan did. Jordan would put his back to the basket and turn around. Mm-hmm. But he takes like two or three dribbles into the lane and then just fades. And it's going to go in, mm-hmm. and there's nothing you can do about it. Like, to stop him in the end of the game, you have to double him, and he's just going to get rid of the ball, and someone else is going to make a shot, where, as we've seen with Giannis, if you have the bodies, and I would argue if you're in the playoffs, you do have the bodies, you can zone. Mm-hmm. 
And if if you create that wall, you have a. It's almost like a almost like a one three one zone in the NBA, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Where you have you create that wall around the free throw line, and you have somebody protecting the rim. He he struggles. Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah, I agree. And the other thing too about about that pull up, I mean, we've seen people defend that pull up, like in his shirt. I mean, in his yeah. shirt, and it yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What are you doing? doing? Yep. And they just slap one in his grill. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> And, and and what's funny about that too is I mean we've talked about this I mean Paul George is like six ten six eleven I don't think people realize that <laughs> he's huge yeah um he's so yeah I think the, like that the average fan thinks he's like six eight but he is not that dude is like wow. a legit six ten with length yeah. um yeah. and is a fantastic defender is all of those yeah. things and Kawhi just the, the part of it is the strength I mean the strength that which Kawhi moves he is as strong as anybody in the NBA. Yep. Um, and and Giannis is powerful too, but Giannis is powerful in a way that's like, you know, almost Shaq S where he can almost spin people out of his way. Um, but it's also the strides, everything combined just, just makes him into this otherworldly being. But Kawhi is not, Kawhi is like six, five, six, six. Um, but is powerful. Just, I mean, there's just no one. I, I, I've seen him post up centers. It doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he's going to do what he wants. And that fucking shot is so high. Um, yeah. There's nothing that you can do about it. Yeah. Giannis is a free train. Mm-hmm. And but Kawhi is the immovable object. Yeah. That, that, that's, yeah that's, that's a great way of putting it. I mean. He doesn't need a running start. I can catch the ball right here. And I'm going to move you to the place I want you to go. Yep. Yeah, and and one thing I do want to point out, too, because you just mentioned about the zoning, Giannis is becoming a better passer, and and so is Kawhi. They're both kind of evolving as passers. Um, But their assist numbers are very, very similar, uh, and Giannis's usage rate is far higher than Kawhi's. Now, with that said, Giannis is also the the, the most – insane thing about Giannis's numbers is that his per 30 I mean he's playing 30 minutes a game which is fucking out of this world um Kawhi's only playing 32 minutes though so it's not not that big of a difference uh and and Kawhi's averaging five assists a game Giannis is averaging 5.8 but Giannis's usage rate is 38 percent to Kawhi's usage which is 30 percent um and that's crazy to think about i mean if you just raise essentially the 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 passing is a wash like you said the rebounding Giannis is at that size he's also by the rim that becomes a wash um it's just that when the shit slows down who are you expecting to get you a bucket when it's time and and Kawhi is the number one bucket getter in the nba if we did this all if we did, did this all encompassing the entire nba i don't know if anyone really goes above Kawhi necessarily i mean you could argue kd um, when it comes to bucket getters, especially, yeah, KD is probably right. number one, but um, yeah. Kawhi is just right there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so number three, you got Luca. Uh-huh. I can't be mad at that. I have AD. Oh, well, our lists are very different. Then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think I think like I said that that's why I think this is a good conversation because I think our like you said our our these lists are going to be a little bit different. Um, give me your case for Luca. Um, 
Well, his, in his second year, right, he's uh, he's going to be a, a top five M- MVP candidate, mm-hmm. probably. And he definitely should be in the very least. Um, he's not as, like, great of a shooter. Like, he's not the Steph Curry numbers for the volume he takes. But he's around the James Harden number as far as, like, three-point percentages. Um, he's incredible on the fast break. He's an okay defender, but he's a walking, like, top five offense by himself. Mm-hmm. Like, their offensive rating was incredibly high, in particular for the talent on that team. And, I mean, I like... Chris S is, is good. I still think he has a chance to be very good. I like a lot of the other pieces a lot more than I think a lot of people did. Like, um, uh, Brunson, the, you know, two-time national champion with the one of the Wildcats. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tim Hardaway Jr. I've always actually liked Tim Hardaway Jr. I don't know why people shit on him so much. He's not, you know, an all-star, but he's a quality starter. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, no one thought they'd have the offensive numbers that they have. Mm-hmm. Particularly with Chris Allen being so hot and cold. Yep. Into this entire season. Um, you know, he's a, a good shooter, an incredible passer, and... I still think he has a lot of room to get better. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if he improves his three-point percentage, like, if he makes more, <laughs> then, like, I don't even know how you guard him. Yeah. I don't know if he'll ever be an A-plus defender. I mean, the likelihood is they match because he doesn't have the foot speed. Mm-hmm. But he's still, like, 6'7". Yeah. And so, like, maybe he can't guard um, Steph Curry or Kyrie Irving, but he can definitely guard somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, I'm. I'm not mad at that. Um, he 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 tries on defense. I think sometimes he falls asleep on defense. There was a great video. This has nothing. To, well, this does have to do with Luca, but I'm about to go on one of these string theories. There was a video about <laughs> about Joker's defense, um, and how well he's not. He doesn't have the length to protect the rim, uh, or the foot speed to to stay with a lot of other people generally. His IQ allows him to make a lot of good defensive plays where somebody may get by him, but he may strip them or poke the ball from behind, do things like that. And I think that is probably what Luca's uh, that that's essentially what he will be as a defender. Uh, and I've seen him do things like that. I think I forgot what game I watched earlier this year. It might have been against the Spurs. Um, and he was he was guarding DeMar. Uh, and and he made a similar spot, a, a similar play. Demar gets by him, but Luca has the length and just the wherewithal to get his hand in there and strip the ball before before Demar gets to the rim. So I think plays like that are what you're expecting Luca to make um, on defense. It, 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 it's is he going to always be engaged on defense? That's going to be what it comes down to for somebody who plays so much offense, um, has a, a usage percentage through the roof as well. It's like, uh, what are you necessarily expecting him to do on defense? Uh, we can't expect everyone to be like MJ or Kobe, had guys who have like high usage rates and also want to defend the other team's best player all the time. Um, but I, I, listen, I can't be mad at that. Uh, I've had many Lucagasms on this podcast pretty much from <laughs> the first episode. Um, the the Probably one of the best things about Luka, like we have guys who are superstars, right? Um, 
And we never get to test the theory of what a superstar is, because really a superstar and an all-star can sometimes be blended, uh, especially when it comes to numbers. You know what I mean? It's like this can be blended. This guy can look like an all-star, but it's like when it's when the shit gets tight, who has the nose for the moment? And Luca has that for sure. Yeah. Just just knows the moment is here and will 100 percent rise to the occasion. Um his, his three-point percentage, I've talked about this on a different podcast. Uh, after they played the Pelicans, I did a podcast on that game, uh, RIP to the NBA season. Um, and I talked about how his three-point yeah, three percentage is trash. But the problem is he takes a lot of uh, step-back threes, a lot of contested threes, a lot of deep threes. Um yeah, Yeah, there's not a lot of screens being set for him. And one of his best screeners just just got injured, uh, uh, Dwight Powell, um, who they did a lot of pick and roll. But you don't you just don't see him coming off of screens. He's handling the ball, the ball so much. It would benefit them maybe to have uh, like a higher IQ point guard to move him off the ball, get him open threes, kind of like they do with stuff. But he's that's the problem. He's never shooting an open three pointer at this point. Um, so it's going to be interesting to, to, to uh, so, so th- this is where, where I have AD, the reason why I have AD here. And I don't know where, where, where do you have AD ranked on your list? Um, so when I originally made this list, uh, like two hours ago, uh-huh. I had him at five, but uh-huh. an hour ago, I put him at four. Okay. Okay. So we, we have these transposed. I have AD Luca. You have Luca AD. Um, oh, okay. AD, the reason why I have AD higher is, uh, one, the defense. I mean, the defensive talent is just uh, extreme. I'm surprised he does as bad as he does against Giannis. It's very surprising to me. You would think this is the perfect person you want to guard Giannis. Um, And maybe in the finals or in the playoffs, you would see a better job. Maybe he's more locked in. But the defense... um, He he is as disruptive as any NBA player we see uh, right below Kawhi. Because uh, Kawhi, I mean, we've seen Kawhi essentially cut off half a court by himself, um, yeah. ju- just just being the way he is, being the, the ball hawk that he is, whereas AD necessarily isn't that. But there are plays where AD will affect every, it can just affect wherever the ball is uh, just by his rim protection, his foot speed, his ability to close back out on defenders, even if he leaves them. Um, and then... So, so the other thing is is to, to to discredit Luka just a tiny bit because of Luka's youth, his his offense to me isn't as polished as it needs to be. It's incredibly polished. Like the dude can do everything on a basketball court. So maybe polished isn't the right word. It's his decision making, I would say, uh, sometimes. And that's why, like, to reference his three point percentage, he will settle for a lot of step back three pointers. Um, whereas when 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 the Lakers need a bucket. If it's AD in the game, they know exactly how they're going to get this bucket. Luke and, and AD knows how he's going to get that bucket, um, in, in my opinion. So the only reason why I have him in front of Luka uh, is the, the defensive prowess and the offensive, just the arsenal. When he when they need a bucket, he knows exactly how to get it. I mean, on the post, he's a fucking animal, underrated, strong, like an underrated amount of strength. I don't think people realize how strong AD actually is. Um I've just seen him move a lot of people, some you know, in different games. So uh, that's why I have AD in front of Luca. That that's the only reason why, pretty much. Yeah. Um. Sure. I mean, it's all fair. Uh, I do think though, there's a difference between um, someone who has to bring the ball 
of the floor versus the guy who gets the ball in their spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I think the Mavs eventually settled on I'm playing a lot of uh, Brunson along with mm-hmm. Luka and getting him off the ball. Um, but I think things would be a lot different for AD. Like, just like as, like, uh, you know, someone played and Coach White is like, you, if you don't, it's, it's much different even, like, catching the ball on the three-point wing versus catching the ball on the elbow. Yeah. Like, just, like, it can be a different world. And, like, I don't know. I mean, obviously, we'll never know. AD had to bring the ball to four of what his offense looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but to the point about him guarding Giannis, I think the, the guys that should do best, like a Joel, mm-hmm. are the guys who actually, their, their game is almost based off of physicality. Mm. Where like if Giannis is charging and he runs into the brick wall that is Joel Embiid, it's different than running into a guy who's a lot similarly built. That's true. Yeah, AD. that's a good point. Um. But okay. Cool. So that was our three and four. Yep. So is it my five or your five? Uh, whatever. Let's go with your five. Uh, I have that just for aforementioned. Let's go! Yeah, I got Joel too. I mean, yeah, where's the... Listen, listen. As as much as my child makes me fucking angry, he's still the best in the world, and the same goes for Joel. As, As much as Joel makes me angry sometimes, we just know that the problem, the problem is the ceiling. The Joel ceiling, which I've been saying since his first preseason game, <laughs> Joel ceiling when I saw him in his preseason game was the greatest center of all time. That was in my mind on his first preseason game, and in today's NBA, without a question, his ceiling is the best NBA player in the world. Yeah, I mean, what 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 hurts Joe is the whole. Yes, he's not always in the great shape, mm-hmm. greatest shape. Um, yes, he's had an injury problem. But the difference is, is like, all these other guys up until this point, and some of these guys later that we'll mention, their team is built around them. Mm-hmm. And still, Such a good point. Still, he doesn't have that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, he's never played on a team that was built specifically for him, to like enhance his talent, to showcase his talent. And just like, um, with Ben, whenever Joe's hurt for a while, we see a different Ben. Mm-hmm. And when Ben's on the floor, we see a different Joe. A guy who doesn't get doubled as easily as he does when you have Al and Ben and Joe on the floor at the same time. Um, he's, he gets the most close touches in the league, and honestly, he could get more, especially if he was surrounded by shooters. Like, you look at, uh, you know, the... Those Dwight Howard, like, 2010-ish Magic teams. You know, and he's a 20 and 10 guy. And he can't even score on a pole. Mm-hmm. And it's not like he can score anywhere else either. <laughs> you know, it's like, you give Joel, like, if, if you took Keto Turgulu's jumper and gave it to Ben Simmons, which I know is a lot. Yeah. Asking for a lot. But you do that, and you don't make the dickhead signing of another center and make him play power forward in Al Horford. It's like there's a different team here. You, if if you can, if you have to play the other four guys like within four feet of them, you can't double Joel like as egregiously as they do. For sure. And there's not a single player on the planet that can guard him one on one. 
Yeah. I, 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 you're, you're one million percent right, and, and, and a, to your earlier point, for my the guy, the next guy on my list, which we'll talk about in a moment, um, the, the offense, and for every guy that we've spoken about outside of AD, arguably, um, all of these guys have offensive that are built com- uh, that, that are offenses that are built and predicated completely on them, um, and that is not the case for Joel. Now, I do want to. Po- I want to point out the, the, it's not just Ben, right? Because last yeah. year we saw Joel essentially average a thirty and thirteen with Ben on the court, but with more spacing. We replaced right. JJ with trash, fucking trash Al Horford, and it's never been the same. Not that we that, that's not a one to one that we replaced them, but but just the point that we saw we 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 removed good three point shooting out of the lineup and signed an asshole. Uh, and it hasn't been working out. Listen, I'm sorry. Al Horford is not an asshole. He's a good person. He pledged 500 grand. Shout out to Al. I don't want to. I don't mean he's an asshole as a person. I mean he's an asshole as a basketball player, um, who shuts the fans at one point after being trash, game after game after game. But this is not about Al Horford. So the point being that we know Joe and Ben can work together, but you need the lineup. You need the extreme shooting around that lineup in order for it to work. Um, Yeah. But my my issues with Jen with Joel mostly are are sometimes uh, he doesn't seem engaged. With which again, like I said, I get when when he's on the court with these guys, you can see it in his face when he doesn't want to play with Al. Um, I yeah. wish he didn't allow that to affect him sometimes on defense. He just doesn't look engaged all the time because of it, um, and sometimes he can settle. Not even I don't even care about the three point shooting. Someone needs to be able to shoot threes on the team. I I don't care. The, the idea that that oh well, Joel you know shouldn't be twenty five feet away from the basket. Well, listen, asshole. Not everybody can be five feet from the basket. This isn't the nineties. You're not going to have three guys that are five feet from the basket. Somebody here needs to shoot. Um, so so it's it's just very logical why he's shooting threes. I don't think Joel wants to shoot six threes a game. Um, no. but there's not many choices. Uh, no. but we see, like you said, there is not a one-on-one, uh, there, there's just no one-on-one solution. There is not a one-on-one solution to guard him. There is barely a double team solution to guard him. If he, if he ever, if he ever had a lineup, uh, and the, the, just the mindset to just say, I'm going to go as soon as I cast this ball, I'm going, there would not be any defense in the world that would stop him um, outside of Kawhi being brought to his side constantly and Kawhi crashing every time he caught the ball and, you know, Kawhi just being a menace that he is. Uh, there just isn't any option to stop him. When Joel is going on any given night, he is the best basketball player in the world. It is him who gives Giannis the problems. Um yeah. He is as strong and as long, and it's the width, too. To to your point earlier, sometimes A.D., uh, who I've I've mentioned this many times on this podcast, A.D. grew up being a point guard who then had that growth spurt turned into a center, but his his mindset and his build can still be very, very small. And when he's defending, he doesn't seem wide. But when when Joel is defending, it seems like he can cut. He's the size of the entire paint when he's just being as wide as he can be. And as soon as Giannis spins, he's just spinning into Joel over and over and over again. It doesn't matter. Um, so, yeah, I, Joel at five makes it, it just it is the right answer. He, he could be number one in my heart. Uh, for the rest of my life, I, you know, I don't care. I pray that he never leaves. Um, yeah, for real. Uh, I, I also want to mention, though, mm-hmm. uh, he's also an all 
my first team defender too. Like, yep. I get that they give it to Rudy every year because that's all he fucking does. Yeah. But like <laughs> the numbers with him on the floor defensively, his whole career mm-hmm. are incredible. Yep. Not to mention just all the plays that like as Sixers fans we've been like able to witness him doing. Like I'll never forget the chase down block of Russell Westbrook. Oh my god. And like overtime when he's so sweaty. Like, the blue on his jersey has changed to mm-hmm. a different blue. Mm-hmm. And he literally comes from outside of the picture yep. to, to, to pin the, the uh, layup on the backboard. It was I, I thought he was done. I thought he might collapse. I remember. And he just, it was incredible. Um, I will say, though, as far as, like, enthusiasm, when, like, when, like when the whole... But Shaq and Chuck thing, mm-hmm. like go and do it. And you mentioned it before on this podcast. I wouldn't play the game mm-hmm. when you third game after that. Right? Correct. But also it's like it's frustrating to be like, I'm better. This is where I'm supposed to be, but for some reason you're still here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even on defense, it's like I'm should be guarding this guy. And you're on the floor, so I have to guard this guy. Yep. The rotations are different, the assignments are different. And, like, yes, the professional players, they should know everybody's assignment, and they should be able to do it all, but the fact matters that they're human. Yeah. And you're going to be better at some things than others. And for, I think to his credit, he didn't really, like, snap, which fucking Charles and Shaq would have done. Oh, for sure. And they're playing days, so fuck them. Mm-hmm. But it's like he's the best player. Yeah. He should not be conceding these things. Thirty-three-year-old Al Horford, trash Al Horford. Yeah, I'm sorry. Let alone anybody else. Correct. But all right, I'm I'm, a, I'm done defending him. So he's mm-hmm. our, he's both our fifth. Yep. We probably I think we both have the same fifth player too. Okay, what you got? I got uh, Joker. Yeah. Joker. Listen, listen, I don't give a fuck that he came in fat as shit this, the, at the beginning of the season. <laughs> I, I, I walked into the quarantine fat as shit, but I'm going to walk out of the quarantine in better shape. So I don't care. All right. I can relate to my man. All right. Um, but to your point about Joker uh, and to your point about what we've been talking about, this is a dude who the entire offense is structured around, um, yeah. which is to his credit. I, and I mentioned this on a different podcast We've talked about Luca being the Larry Bird uh, continuation, but Joker really is very, very, to me, is very close to Larry Bird. Um, just because nothing he does is, it's, he, where, where I don't remember Larry handling the ball as much as Luca handles the ball, for example. But I know that you can plant Joker or Larry at any part of the court. And the offense is completely revolving around him. And as soon as he gets that ball, something good happens next. Um, and that's what Joker reminds me of. Um, he can bring the ball up. We've seen him do that. Not only if you, if you just watch Joker highlights, they're some of the most hilarious highlights watching somebody go so slow. Uh, and then, like, put the ball, like, behind behind him between the legs, behind the back pass, doing all types of crazy shit that a dude his size you would not expect to be able to do. Um he has one of the funniest faces in the league. He always has scratches on his back. I don't know where they come from, um, but he is yeah. just incredible. I mean, the passing, the passing ability. Listen, I, I love Joker. I love him to death. Uh, he is a top five MVP candidate. You cannot this this Nuggets team. I mean, 
Jamal Murray isn't that good. You know what I mean? I'm sorry to say. He's not that good. You know what I mean? He may be well endowed as per his Instagram video, but he's not that fucking good. Um, And the the point is, this is the second best team record-wise in the West. And it's all because of Joker. You know what I mean? It's because their offense revolves around Joker. Yeah. I mean, he's a... one of the best passing bigs probably already ever. Mm-hmm. Um, he's basically like a less athletic version of what everybody said the the Sabonis senior mm-hmm. was in his time. Um, the only difference is like, as you mentioned earlier, he's not a great one protector. Not an awful one, but he's not a great one. Um, and just like, on switches, he gets murdered. Mm-hmm. He just does. He just doesn't have the foot speed. Yep. Um, but but again, like Luca, a walking offense. Well, actually, like all these guys in this top six, walking offenses. Like you implant him on a franchise, and they can build around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a genius. Uh, a real a genius uh, basketball player. Uh, and and if you watch him. On offense, the only real negative thing that I think anyone can say about him is that they wish he would shoot more. Um, yeah, you know what I mean. And and if you watch their if you watch their broadcast, that's pretty much all they ever bring up. I mean, his his uh, field goal percentage forty seven percent, three point percentage thirty three percent. But he, you know, he's only attempting twelve field goals a game. I mean, that is. You know, but, but like that's just too that's just too low for 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 someone as no no, no I'm sorry I'm looking at a different player I mean I, he might be attempting less anyway hold on uh, I just I looked at Vucevic and I I, pronu- I pronounced the itch and I looked at the first itch I saw um, <laughs> here he is uh, no it's even worse he's attempting eleven uh, field goal uh, field goal attempts a game oh no I'm sorry two two point attempts uh, fourteen attempts per game he shoots. Uh, 53% field goal percentage, even better than I realized. Still 32% from three. Um, 80, an 81% free throw shooter. Uh, 10 rebounds a game, seven assists a game. Just is all around, just all around, can do everything offensively. Has one of the, oh shit, hold on. We're having an audio issue here. Oh, I know exactly what happened. Hold on. I'm just going to let it play out, and then we're going to pick it up at the end of this. All right. Uh, <laughs> we came off an audio issue. I may leave that in the podcast because fuck it. You know what? You know what I mean? No justice for the blind. Um, so the point being that, yeah, Joker can do anything on offense. Uh, he His offensive game is weird. He has one of the highest arcing shots I've ever seen in my life. Uh, that yeah, is not a strange. teardrop. You know what I mean? Every jumper yeah, looks like a teardrop, um, but it drops. You know what I mean? And, like, I, I don't know what to say. I've never seen someone that looks less impressive but me more impressive, uh, impressive on a basketball court. Outside of me, of course. You know what I mean? Outside of me where people count me out on a basketball court, and then I'm very, very good at basketball, and they're surprised. Um, All right. I'm ready to move on. Uh, oh, okay. So I see. So you don't agree with seven? that. Okay. I think seven might be where we disagree, but we'll see. Okay. Um, oh, and I also don't have a ten. I, 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 
playing around with a bunch of tens, and I, I hope we'll get to that. Though. Yeah, but we did the same um, thing. I just I literally plugged somebody in ten, but I don't know if he's ten. But go ahead. Yeah. So seven, I, I had Kyrie. Oh shit! <laughs> you know what? I. I I don't even know what to say. I, I, I so so let, let me tell you how much I dislike Kyrie. I don't even have Kyrie on my and, and this is disrespectful. This is disrespectful. Yeah. I don't have Kyrie right. in my top ten. He should at least be in the honorable mentions <laughs> list. Um, but I just I just I've never seen someone go through so many coaches in my life. You know what I mean? Um and some of them are bad. Uh huh. I didn't know that. I mean, it's what seven years he's been in the league, and he's been through five coaches. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, 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 I don't know. I mean, he was on. He went through three coaches on the on the. He went through uh, Mike Brown on the Cavs. He went through Mike Brown through Byron Scott through David Blatt. Left Ty Lue, went to Brad Stevens, left the, the Celtics, and now just got what's-his-face fired, who I thought was a good coach. Now, I, I don't know if he got him fired. Let, let me say that. that. That's not completely fair. I don't want to blame him for these coaches getting fired, but it's just weird to me. Uh, and also, just like, man, it tells you a lot that the Celtics got better after he left. You know what I mean? He leaves. They replace him with, with, uh, with Kemba. Uh, now, Gordon Hayward also came back. But but Tatum's development to me is really the big piece that is why I, I don't have Kyrie here because I don't know I just I just don't like what he's bringing to the team what he brings uh, skill level wise yeah sure no question about it the the talent is there um, uh, I will say but but so you have Kyrie and I have Dame at seven but go ahead give me your Kyrie spiel Dame so please. I don't so the, the so Kyrie I know for sure is under thirty. I don't know if Dane isn't thirty yet. I think he might be thirty. He's twenty nine according to whatchamacallit. But you know, that's a great point because I didn't even consider it. I just assumed Dame is younger. Um no, but Kyrie's younger. No, no, I know. I, I just assumed Dame is younger than thirty. That you know what I mean? I just uh, made an assumption okay. he was, but he's twenty nine, so I got lucky. Okay. Uh so yeah, but I mean, the thing is with, with Kyrie, all of the other stuff is violent. Right, but mm-hmm. it's Like, uh, an educator, I had uh, students that were like, 
argue with you that Earth is flat because Kyrie said that Earth is flat. Jesus yeah. Um, so, like, there's, like, a lot of implications to, like, him as a person <laughs> yeah. that aren't great, but that's the basketball player that, that happens to be named Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know how I, I could not like you. He, again, is a, is a walking offense. Now, he may take too many shots, in, in particular uh, twos, mm-hmm. but... He does, he does make guys better. Um, and you see, like, when he is with the right team, like, he just did amazing things. Like, that, that shot in the final mm-hmm. against the Warriors is going to go down one of the biggest shots in finals history. Yeah, I mean, I've argued on this podcast that might be the greatest shot in finals history. Um just the the moment, you know, the 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 Ray Allen shot is Game Six. They're fighting to just, you know, to fight another day. This is Game right. Seven. Everything's on the line against the other guy that people are saying this is the best guy. This is the best point guard in the world. And here goes Kyrie saying "fuck that" with, with one of the biggest shots I've ever seen. There's no argument. Um, there's no argument for me except about how much I value what someone could bring into into the chemistry of of the team is you know is so high for me that it's just like do I want to play with Kyrie? Fuck no. Do I want to play with Dame? Absolutely. Um, and Dame, Dame, we've seen Dame hit the, that Kyrie shot a lot of times in the playoffs. It's not completely. <laughs> I know we sometimes we can get in, and I'm guilty of this. Get into the 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 idea of. Well, this guy, this guy right now is not even in the playoffs or this guy, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, but if we look at the team, the teams that Dame has been on, it's not like these teams are like uh, fucking world beaters. He's never had a teammate as good as Klay Thompson. He's never had a teammate arguably as good as Draymond. I mean, you could argue that that LaMarcus is maybe Uh, CJ is up and down at best. He he can be mercurial at best. Um and I just I think, CJ. no, I, I like CJ a lot. Don't get me wrong. I like him as an offensive player, but it says a lot. He's not on this list for me. I don't know if he's on the list for you. I don't think he is. No, he's not. Yeah, he's not even on this list. Um, and I think that says a lot. As much as I like CJ, if, if you give Dame, let's just, shit, let's just replace Ben with Dame. I love Ben. Don't get me wrong, but let's replace Ben with Dame. Um, this is a This is a championship team. You know what I mean? And Dame is the, the the when the shit hits the fan, Dame is the guy who's going to hit the biggest shot in the game or get the open shot that we need for Joe uh, to dominate. So uh, so I have Dame there. You're, you have Kyrie. That's completely fair. Uh, my next pick is going to completely shit on your Kyrie pick a little bit uh, just just off of sheer because of who it is. Who, who do you have next after Kyrie? Well, now that I know that Dame is under 30, then my next pick will be Dame then. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Give me a minute on Dame. Dame Lillard. I mean, just a consummate leader. Uh, I, I only would, I mean, I'm, I probably would have them flip-flops. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 I would give, but just, just for the, the intangibles, like the, the culture that you can build with Dane and the sort of loyalty that it seems like all of his teammates have for him. Mm-hmm. Pretty impressive. Um, but a guy that can get his shot whenever and make a shot from wherever, much more athletic. Like he is obviously fast and quick, but has more bounce than probably most uh, average NBA fans realize. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so like what I'm saying is he's a much better finisher than probably people would think. Um, I would like to see him be a better passer. Mm-hmm. I would like to see him like in the very least put effort in on defense. I know he's not the biggest guy, mm-hmm. uh, but in the very least, you can try to stay in front of people a little bit better. But um, but just having the you know having the of the ball to take that those big shots to make them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that I mean he, he just 40% three point uh shooter, all around a 46% field goal shooter, uh 89% um from the line averaging this year averaging 29 8 and 4. Um again, I mean on a team that just isn't that good and they're fighting for, they, they were fighting for the playoffs. Um right. and and Russ is probably, I don't know if he's a more famous, but I don't know who's famous between both of them, but I think people get so enamored with Russ, and you can't have the Dame conversation without having a Russ conversation. People get so enamored with Russ, and Russ is actually, you know, I've talked about Russ many times on this pod, the ups and the downs about him. Uh, He's one of the best 20 players in the NBA at the worst. Um, But but it's something to say that that... Blazers team last year again. It's not that great of a team. They're missing one of their best players in Nurkic, um, right. who is their main screen setter. The, the 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 there are a million articles about the percentage, the open shots that they get off of a Nurkic screen, and they're missing him. They go in against the Thunder, who have two of the three best players in that series, and uh-huh. Dame almost single handedly walks them out of the playoffs. Now, with that said, I've also mentioned the the eerie kind of almost the almost eerie comparisons between Dame and Clyde to what is almost amounting as Steph being the MJ that Dame is facing, where then he goes in against the Warriors and gets swept against a shorthanded Warriors team, essentially. Um yeah. and that that can't be, you know, that can't be forgotten, but um which the the leadership thing is so huge. Dame is emerging every year. I think people are realizing more and more like, man, this is a dude is just steady, doesn't fucking complain. That that front office, I don't want to say they've let him down, but they kind of have been letting letting him down for a while now. Um and and Dame just doesn't give a shit. He thinks he's he believes that he is good enough to carry the team regardless of who's on that team. I, I, every Everybody could use a guy like that. I, he's one of those guys that I hope gets a championship. He'll never get one on the port, on Portland probably, but that he gets a second life like towards the end of his career where he ends up, I don't know, like the Jason Kidd on somebody's Mavericks team and ends up winning a championship or something like that. Um, so and, I mean, they don't have a chance if Portland has the audacity to do what uh, Gary did. Mm-hmm. In, in, in uh, Toronto. Yeah. And, and get rid of, and trade CJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, is there a world where, I, you know, is there a world, this is going to sound fucking crazy, but is there a world where, like you said, where they do something like that, they trade CJ draft picks, and if they know Giannis is not long for, for Milwaukee, uh, is there a world where they can get Giannis on there for a year uh, and – and see what happens. I, I don't know that that would be interesting to see. I think the Heat would a hundred percent do something like that probably before the Blazers do. Um, but you know, anyway, that that's uh, that's enough Dame gasm. I love Dame uh, to death. Yeah. I would die for him yeah. I, on many two K games. I have just done insane things with Dame. Uh, God bless that man. Uh, so at this spot, I have Jason Tatum. This is who is yeah, a new one. Yeah. So you're. 
So you're a nine, as you can say that? Uh, no, this is, uh, wait, let me count this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This is eight. Oh, you have Tatum eight? Yeah, I have Tatum eight. <laughs> yeah, I have Tatum eight. In front of this is very, very, very controversial for a Philadelphia guy. But listen, the the last month of the season, I can't, I can't just discount what Tatum has done. And, and to credit Ben, who's next on my list, what we're, we're going to talk about. I'm sure he's coming up on yours too. Um, yeah. What Tatum did that last month of the season was essentially walked up to some of the best teams in the NBA put his dick on a table and say, who the <laughs> fuck can measure with me? Um, and he did it efficiently. Um, his defense is, is, is as a one-on-one defender, he's one of the best one-on-one defenders in the league. He's not as, uh, definitely not as havoc creating as Ben is, for example. Um, but at the very least one-on-one, he can lock up your best player. Um, and the offense just, just, he, I got to give it to him. You know what I mean? I've been clowning Tatum for a while now. I thought he was overrated for the last two years. Last year was taking terrible shots, um, a lot of jab stepping into nothing. Uh, but this year has kind of put it together, and every month has just been getting better. Um, and I'm fucking terrified as a Sixers fan what that means for us um, next year, for example. I mean, he, you know. He has the worst haircut in the league, probably per capita. But goddamn, his offensive, uh, the arsenal is there. He's just he's just getting better. You know, much kind of like what you said about Luca. Tatum is still figuring it out. You know, he's still putting like these pieces together. And once it's locked in, that is going to be it. Like we're going to be dealing with Tatum and Jalen on the perimeter for years to come. These are two very fucking good defenders um, and good offensive players. Credit to to. to um, to, to Jalen as well, who's who every year is getting better offensively. But fuck, man, Tatum is just excellent. I, you know, what can I say? Do, do you have yeah, Tatum I, in your top ten? No. Okay. I think I think if if we saw an entire season of it, mm-hmm. I have him. But for like for a, a third, maybe close, not nah, yeah, like a third of the season, like with two months. Yep. Before things went to the shitter here. Yeah. The, the world. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, we'll see, like, uh, if, if I was making my list based off of, like, potential, then he would definitely be on it. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see next year if he comes out, or whenever they play again, if he comes out, you know, in the ground running and picks up where he was off, then he'll be on the list. But right now, for me, uh, he is not. Yeah, and you know, um, I, I think it's I think it's interesting. This is an interesting note that that this is exactly why I said he, you know he was quote unquote shitting on your Kyrie pick because I just have uh, that's how much I value what Kyrie was taking off the table for that team. Um, yeah. you know what I mean. So uh, that's where I stand. All right, what do you have at number nine? Ben Simmons. Yeah, yeah, me too. I got Ben there. Um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Give me give me your your time on Ben. Uh, when the team is built around him, similarly to the conversation we had with Joe, mm-hmm. he's a he's a walking offense. He's not going to take the shots that, like I said, like Luca or Dame will, but he's going to get everyone involved mm-hmm. uh, in, in the uh, in the open floor. There's few players that are as effective as he is. Like, as, as more assists on threes than anybody else. 
in, in the league. So even though he doesn't take all the shots that he should and that we definitely want him to, he still creates a lot of opportunities for others. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays hard every fucking night, mm-hmm. which is a skill in itself. Because, um, like, as we talked about a bunch of times, and even like that, uh, what's his name, Kendrick Dunn, mm-hmm. like, in that interview where he said like he was surprised at how many guys like take nights off in the league. Ben is not one of those guys. Yeah. Um, his defense is incredible, and it, it, it's a little frustrating as a Sixers fan when sometimes, and in particular the previous season, where you're like, what is he doing here? Mm-hmm. Like, he's kind of just watching. But this year, he was pretty consistently, like, an all-NBA defender every game. For sure. And the, to the point where he was actually winning games by playing defense. Yep. Uh, which is, like, not an easy thing to do. You have to be, like, a next-level defender to, you know, get that block, get that steal, make, make that stop. Mm-hmm. And he did it over and over again this past year. You know, last season was very disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, uh, Ben, much like my mental health, uh, I go from warm to cold to hot on Ben all the time. Um, But to your credit, exactly what you said. I mean, one thing that is so important to note that I don't see anyone talking about. I mean, the, the story on him coming out of college was that he didn't give a shit about defense. Um and as soon as he's gotten into the NBA, he's pretty much been getting better defensively every year. And so this year, he is a defensive player of the year candidate uh, until the injury happens. You can't tell me different. I don't give a fuck about Rudy. Let me tell you something. Uh, I get all the stats for Rudy around the rim. And listen, Rudy is also a very can get switched down to the perimeter and still do an OK job. Um, but. He he does an okay job. Uh, I've seen him do well against certain players. He gets played off the court when, yeah, he gets switched out to the perimeter and is stuck on on James Harden, who, like many fucking players, are stuck on the perimeter against James Harden and can't guard him. Um, um, but, but Rudy being such a liability on offense means late in the game, he can't help defensively any longer. Whereas Ben, to his credit, this is really where I'm about to give him the fucking credit he deserves the the amount the, bre- the the his level of fucking courage over the last month to get to the rim and get to the free throw line has been fucking incredible uh, and he deserves all the credit we don't listen all the three point shot shit is is overblown it would be nice to see him shoot just in my opinion because that means he's developing um but we've talked about this we'd rather see him have a floater something like that part of the reason being because if you can't shoot free throws then fucking do a floater but right now at the over the last two months of the season his free throw shot which has been the story the last two years starts abysmally from the the line and picks it up over over the later months. And these last few months, I mean, we've seen him go games 8 for 10, things like that, late in the game yeah. with no, no fucking worry, uh, late in the game catching the ball. Whereas in the beginning of the year, remember, there were a couple games where he was hot potatoing it. He doesn't do that anymore. Um, and that that is exactly what we need him to do. Um, uh, uh, incredible passer, as good of a passer as there is in the NBA. Uh, I think it counts that there's flair to him. Uh, like that counts for something, right? Like if you have a if you have a franchise, this this dude's gonna excite fans just because of the flair that he plays 
It's just yeah. exciting. Um, yeah. is, is pretty much a guaranteed bucket in the open court. If, whether he's scoring or getting somebody else involved has the highest. Uh, you did that uh, in the – was it the Kirk Goldberry book, I think it was, that you showed me the picture of uh, the top players who have assisted or scored three-pointers? And like James yeah. Harden was number one, and and Ben is like number two after it, it, yep. something like that, which is fucking insane considering that he makes no three pointers. It's just that his assist rate on three point shots is through the roof. Um, like you said, an offense onto himself, and we've seen him work next to Joel. You know what I mean? Does he work at his optimum? No, probably not. Um, but I think if you have two superstars on any team, there is not. Uh, other than like LeBron and AD, which which took LeBron seeding some offensive control and and just not not necessarily settling for scoring as much as he had settled in years prior, um, which right. is even even kind of crazy because we always wanted him to score more. Um, but like that fit has worked incredibly well. Um, but that has a lot to do with AD. I mean, like four times a game. LeBron gets an assist on that uh, AD cherry picks and LeBron just throws a bomb down the court. Um, but Joel is not that player. He's not going to get down the court that with that speed, that regular. Um, but, and, and which is the scary thing, because let them, let them grow together. If they grow together and ever gain that level of comfort, fuck, fuck the, that level of comfort, fuck the NBA. No one's going to stop these two guys. Um, and, and listen, I mean, what was it? Who was it? Uh, what game was it? Was it when the yeah the Clippers when the Clippers came here, and wow. Ben was essentially just locking up Paul George on different plays and locking up Kawhi on different plays and also going at them um, as if they're not the best defenders in the league. I mean that's your best perimeter defensive t- tandem, and Ben was essentially scoring on them at will. Um, and yeah, I mean, Ben deserves to be on this list. Uh, you know, it pained me to put him right behind Tatum. Honestly, I could, if I continue going here long enough, I can talk myself into Simmons in the top three in a second. So, um, <laughs> I, you know, uh, let, let me just cut myself off. Uh, yeah, that's where I have him. So, um, so that's it. And so, so yeah, I mean, listen, we, we agreed. I mean, we, we have some transposed. We agreed on one and two. Our three and fours were flip flopped. Um, we agreed, agreed on four and five, uh, six, you had Kyrie. I didn't have Kyrie at all, which is probably the biggest difference here. Uh, and you not having Tatum, me having Tatum, you had Dame there, then Simmons. We agree. So, uh, not that far off. Uh, so number 10, you said you left blank. Um, I put Pascal in there as a placeholder. Okay. That's, that's, that's a good one. Um, I have like a hundred honorable mentions, which is why I suggest we should do under twenty-five because yeah. it makes it a lot more interesting. But my writing in pencil is Bradley Beal. Mm, that's the one I was really fighting with. That's the yeah. one I was fighting with. It's fucking really, really difficult. To have a dude score 30 points a game in the manner that he does, just show up sometimes and score 50 for the fuck of it, um, and say that this is not one of the 10 best players at this age group. Now, the problem is he's become a worse defender over the years, uh, which is what has driven me off. But he's also handling the ball a lot more, is not getting any opportunity on a roster that's meaningful. Um, but is almost like Dame like in, in that he wants to stick it out with the Wizards, is like all about staying there and, and making this right. Um, 
seems like a great teammate. I, you know, I listen, I can't be mad at Bradley there. Um, I wrestled with that. I put Siakam there just, just off of the strength that you go off from a, a 55 win team or however many wins they had last year to win a championship. You lose the guy that we have number one on this list. Um, right. you lose him and lose nothing. Stay as good. Uh, my, meanwhile, they've been having so many injuries all through the season, including uh, Fred Van Fleet and his child, that Siakam has really kept them afloat um, really throughout the season, Is is uh, was almost arguably the most improved player again uh, from last year. So, um, I, you know, I got no argument with Beal there. I have Siakam there. I, I don't think there's a wrong answer, honestly. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys that could be there. Um, but for Bill, for me, he went from not really handling the ball much, even in college at Florida. He didn't really handle the ball a lot as, like, a primary, like, a playmaker. Uh, and that was this whole John Wall, hiatus, whatever the fuck is going on with that guy. Yeah. Bill's been actually handling the ball a lot. And for him to have, like, nice resource 40 and also have, like, 112 assists. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a teammate, is trash. Yeah. I think that, that, that says a lot because when they're playing teams, uh, when they're playing playoff teams, he gets doubles. Like, he doesn't get James Harden doubles, like, in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. But he gets doubles. It's not like the earlier in the, in the decade when you had, like, and I, I still think Kevin Love is a good player, but mm-hmm. when you had those crazy astronomical Moses Malone type numbers. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like that because no one kind of cared that he was getting numbers. Yeah. I, I watched the games that Bradley Bill was, was getting doubled at the end of the game and he still was fighting to get shots. Mm-hmm. And like for me, the biggest difference between him and like Pascal is the shooting. Yeah. Uh, especially in a league where shooting primarily is the most important skill and asset to have. Mm-hmm. Like, he can make any shot on the floor. He's that's as athletic as any other guard at his size. He's become a much better former uh, playmaker, a much better passer. Um, and through it all, you know, still putting up really good numbers while uh, his like, percentages are, are more than solid. Mm-hmm. Um, if he actually had a team, it would be terrifying. Like if, if somehow you... you we're able to get him on the Sixers, and you probably have to give up Ben to get him. So, like, like our team would be drastically different. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot about how I looked at all this. Yeah. And like, if they were on the Sixers, how much different would they be? Yeah. No, I, you know, the. It, Everything you're saying is right. Uh, I think the only thing that gives me Siakam the tick over, man, and understand I have these names back to back on, on the uh, on this list that I have here, um, oh. is is partly the defense. I mean, Siakam can can defend pretty much, can really defend in today's NBA almost every single position as long as he's not playing one of the elite centers, um, right. one of the elite uh, offensive centers, I should say, because he could fucking defend Rudy Gobert. I could fucking defend Rudy Gobert. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and and I think that's the only reason why I have him. Siakam becoming a better three-point shooter, also becoming a better passer every year. Um, but the, none of these are wrong. I think one of the, the, the really important things to know here is, which is something that I just realized actually while we're having this conversation, is Trey made the All-Star game and Beal didn't. And at the time, I just was like, whatever, two fucking losers, who gives a shit? Um, but, it, but really digging into this conversation right now, it really is a fucking, uh, it, it's, 
it's terrible. Uh, I don't even have Trey noted yeah. on my list. I mean, I I get the Trey hype. I get it. I get it. Um, and when we do the yeah, top exactly. 25, maybe he makes an appearance. Uh, I mean, the, the top 25-year-olds. Yeah. Under 25, he, he probably makes an appearance in the honorable mentions on that list. Um, but it, it, because of his passing, mind you, it's not because of the fucking the, the three-point shots. His three-point percentage is not good. Um, it's just not fucking good. I don't care that he's shooting stuff like three-pointers if he's not making a stuff like percentage. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's uh, yeah, Beal should not have been left off of the All-Star game. That was criminal. Um all right, let, let's talk about some of these names we got here. Uh, who, who Give me a couple names. There's so many. I think um, you already mentioned Trey. We talked about CJ McCollum a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think some of the bigger names that neither of us mentioned, Devin Booker, mm-hmm. Victor Oladipo, mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell. Yep. Um, and I really, really, really wanted to push uh, – Shay Gilbert Alexander. Yeah. Um, I love, I absolutely love his game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you had Tatum. We talked about Jamal Murray a little bit, being a little bit overrated. Yeah. You talked about Chris Pat, kind of. Um, you talked about Jalen Brown. Brand Ingram was a name that I kind of flirted with, too, at the 10th spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I need to see it. For me, this wasn't like a potential list. This was like, what are you actually doing with? Yeah. I need you to, to, to do that for a whole season when Zion's there. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, no, and, 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 and I'm and, candidate for a bad, good, bad, bad team. Yeah. No, and, and I'm not mad at, at that point, and I, I need to talk about Ingram because, again, I was part of, 100% part of the population that was saying Ingram was better than Ben uh, in the first few months of the season because, I, I, to be honest, he was. For the first few months of the season, um, he had just shown a, a, an offensive explosion. The the percentages were through the roof. I mean, he was playing super efficient offensively, handling the ball a lot. Was 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 still being serviceable on defense. But as the year has gone on, uh, he's fallen off of defensively. Zion came and 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 Brandon Ingram's numbers have taken a dip. But more importantly, Ben really. Uh, I want to say Ingram stayed a little bit steadier with a small dip. Ben started low and then fucking exploded over the last two months of the season. Um, and and I think a guy like Ben draws that comparison because there are things that get left that he leaves off the table with his offensive game. It's easier to pick him apart because you have less to there's less to utilize to pick him apart. It's like, all right, well, we know he can't shoot. Um, he doesn't necessarily have a lot of post moves. So so if he's not doing these things at a very high clip, it's easier to pick him apart. Whereas on any given night, Ingram can bring a lot of different things, has a lot of assists, can shoot threes, can get to the rim, very good free throw shooter. Um, but when, when it was all said and done, by when the dust settled, by the time all of this shit happened, Simmons had already sequestered that spot for himself, saying, no, 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 Ingram is not better than me. Uh, there is a clear difference because, like you said, there are games where Ben will essentially single-handedly win a game defensively, um, yeah. which is just uh, fucking incredible to see. Um, Booker, I think, is probably the most famous name that we've left off this list that people would yeah. complain about, uh, understandably. Yeah. Um, this is the first year that Booker was on a team that had that made any type of noise, uh, which is important. Yeah. He really, 
is so far in his career is good stats, bad team. Even the 70-point game. Listen, scoring 70 points is fucking incredible. Um, but he scored like 70 on like 60 shots or something like that. Like it, it's a lot of NBA players. If, if James Harden took 60 shots, he would score 100 points. You know what I mean? Like it would be fucking insane. You know what I mean? So that's like that's my problem with, with Devin. Uh, it, it's still an honorable mention. Has to be. It's incomplete. You know that. I think that's what it is. I think that the guys that are in this honorable mention, it's an incomplete story. Um, where even Ben is still a little bit incomplete, and like Tatum for me is still a little bit incomplete. All of these other guys, they're solidified at this point. We know what they are. You know what I mean? Um, and I think with Booker, we're just not sure yet. You know, it's just like what is this exactly? I, and I sometimes get that feel with Beal, but I just. I've seen Beal in the playoffs already. I, we know he's he can if he just has another guy, he can get to the playoffs. So um, Donovan Mitchell deserves 100% Donovan Mitchell deserves to be spoken about uh, pretty much every single year. Um, this team is is fighting for or in the playoffs. Uh, and Donovan Mitchell is a big part of that. Uh, in terms of scoring. So uh, he deserves to get talked about. One name that you didn't mention who I did want to bring up is uh, is is uh, Malcolm Brogdon. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't, the last name is a Brogdon. I have bonus, and then my comment on another tier that like, I just thought of for at least a brief second was D'Angelo Russell and Buddy Hill. And Bam. Let's put Bam in there too. I, I think, oh, um, yeah, yeah let's get Bam in there. Um, I think, I, you know, <clears throat> Malcolm Brogdon, the Bucks miss him, and they're going to miss him in the playoffs. It doesn't show right now because they're on a record pace regular season wins-wise. Um, but understand that this Pacers team, and, and to credit so that Sabonis as well, who, who, who needs, to be on, needs to be in the honorable mention list, um, this team lost its best player. Poor Victor Oladipo, who, whose career is becoming like just having such a weird arc to it where it's like he has this year where it's like yeah man all the people has finally realized he's like a you know one of the guys gets injured and then the pacers maybe get better by replacing all the depot with brogdon uh and it's like just just what can you say about Oladipo? but if they figure that out i mean brogdon is an excellent point guard i've mentioned a few times that he reminds me of Kawhi in that his offensive game is is steady it's not super flashy but he knows exactly where he needs to get to to get a basket when they need one a good three-point shooter a excellent defender on the perimeter um and, and this team is is one of the better teams in the east you know what i mean with with going through injuries and up and downs miles turner is injured uh, it's pretty much just him and sabonis picking rolling teams to death essentially um and yeah i mean sabonis sabonis is an excellent player um uh, dominant, dominant in the post. I think the only thing that kills kills it for me. Sabonis is a good defender, but just doesn't have the length to affect. Um, doesn't have the the necessary length to affect the other t- any team going to the rim. I think it's probably the only thing that kills me. Um, whereas like Bam on defense will cause havoc because of his fucking length and athleticism. So um, yeah, so yeah. I mean, D'Angelo. You know, a big D'Angelo fan here. He, he, my man. I, I, I love D'Angelo. I, I have traded Ben for all of these guys on different occasions. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that pretty much, I think that sums it up. Is there anything you want to add? Ben, just one thing about Ben. Ben made it to the All-Star team. 
uh, in the mm-hmm. least sexy in the Kyle. The, he is part of the Kyle Lowry All Star team, which I've pointed out on the, this podcast before. Which is the guys that don't do anything flashy. There's nothing spectacular at all about their game. And when you put like you know when you put guys in the All Star game, like if you put Luke in All Star game, you're gonna start seeing all sorts of behind the back passes and like funny hilarious shit. Same thing with Ben. Uh, but like Kyle Lowry is just gonna deliver like a real uh, solid chess pass to you in the All Star game, and like Bam is gonna play defense during the All star game and things like that same thing with rudy um but you know that that team uh much to the credit of everyone around that team to jimmy uh to all the other guys really credit a lot of what they do and a lot of their success to bam um it's gotten a little bit less sexy because over the last month of the season they were really struggling um but i mean bam deserves all the credit in the world Uh, probably the most improved player this season i would think um you know it just deserves all that credit so yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there any, anything you wanted to add here? Uh, the last thing I guess is uh, Ben Simmons. Do you know how old he is? Uh, 24? 23. 23. Do you know how old Buddy Hill is? Oh, he's 26. He's already 26. <laughs> yeah, but that's because of the. Uh, <laughs> didn't we catch him in the lie last year? He got caught in the lie last year, which got really swept under the rug for his age. I don't know. I, yeah, I just I know that you know he stayed all four years, mm-hmm. which is whatever. Yeah, no, but I think that because he was he left college older than they thought. I think they had him marked as twenty one when he left college or something, but he was actually twenty three oh. at the time. Something something like that. Um, they found out his birth certificate was fucked. So yeah, buddy is older than than uh, than people realize. Uh, which is not the first time that's happened in the NBA, which is probably why it's gotten kind of swept under the rug. Um, it, which is this brings me to a funny story. I don't know if you know about this. This has nothing to do with what we're talking about, other than Buddy Hield's false age. There is a weird conspiracy in the internet on the internet. All right, <laughs> this is fucking hilarious. Oh, as a matter of fact, this was mentioned on NBA Desktop. If you watch the NBA Desktop. About Serge Ibaka, who was Carrie. Yeah, Yeah, you saw that. But if you type in like Carrie Hilson's ex, Serge Ibaka's face pops up. Um, Yeah, that's that's fucking hilarious. It just made me. It just made me think about this. Um, (laughs) Anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, Playfield. I mean, he failed four years, so he should have been twenty-two. So if he was twenty-two, he would be twenty-six now. But he was drafted in twenty-sixteen, but. I just can't believe he's always he's three year older than Ben. Yeah, and, I'm, and a lot of these guys he's older than Joel. Yep. Yeah, um, and and not as good as any of them. Uh, yeah. I, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna make this statement on this podcast. I don't want Buddy here. There's a lot of rumors swirling about the Buddy to Philadelphia thing. Um, yeah. The only way I'll take Buddy is if it means we're trading Horford for him, and that's not gonna happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's not gonna happen. So. Uh, so no, you know what I mean? If we trade anything of value, if Josh has to get thrown into a buddy trade, I will fucking, I will riot. Um, I, but you know what? With Elton Brand, we'll probably see a Joel for buddy straight up. You know what I mean? And, and a first round pick to the Kings too, or some shit like that. I'm sick of Elton. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I think that does it. I think this is a great conversation. Uh, yeah, we'll do an under 25 or something like that. Uh, that way we can talk about like De'Aaron Fox because Fox, I think we didn't even mention him. I want to mention him now. I'm a big fan of De'Aaron Fox. So, um, yeah. so yeah, uh, great convo as always, Vic. I appreciate you. Is there anything you want to plug? Yeah. Uh, 
not yet. Maybe some things in the work depending on what happens with uh, this coronavirus. But okay. Tonight, not yet. Sweet, sweet. Okay, that makes me happy to hear. Uh, playing it close to the chest. I respect that. Um, yeah. yeah, with that said, speaking of the fucking coronavirus, as always, wash your fucking stupid hands. Uh, stay in your stupid fucking house. Uh, everyone stay safe out there. And yeah, that's all I got. Justice for the blind, just something that'll find in the rhymes that are coming from my mind. You think-